It's great to be back from India. Had a great time. And I bring you greetings from Mark and Jackie, who I saw earlier this week, and they are doing really well. They're enjoying being in the Isle of Wight, and so they send their greetings and love, and things are going well after four weeks. Good news. So we must continue to remember to pray for those guys. Can I ask that we continue to pray for them? Right. If you would like to turn to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and just put your finger there in your Bible for a moment. We'll come to the scriptures in a moment. I'm just going to pray and then we're going to get going. Father, we thank you that you are a God who so loved the world that you gave your son for us. That we can become children of God. God, heir of the promise. That we can inherit all things through Christ Jesus. And we just pray right now that your spirit that you have poured out on us and promised us would come and fill our lives afresh. Even as we um, just engage with your word for these few moments that you might within our hearts and minds spark a fresh passion for the glory of God across the face of the earth and in our lives. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus for his glory and for our joy. Amen. Amen. So... If you're new, just to let you know, we are in a um, series halfway through called Better Together, and we are looking at building a healthy community as a local church. So we've been through a big season of transition and multiplication, and we are really um, convinced that not only do we want to be a people on mission, but we want to be a community that is healthy, a community that is on mission, but has deep love for one another, that has deep affection and care for one another. Hopefully you might remember that on the first week I said a great definition of the church, I think, is that the church is a community on mission. And so over the first three weeks we've really looked at that we're to be a people who love one another and care for one another and serve one another. and, And all of those things are great and we long to be that. The challenge for us is that we are called to do that not in a context of isolation. We are not to be isolated from the other things that God is doing across the town here in Swindon, out into the nations of the world. And it is incredibly easy to think, right, let's get really um, effective community underway here at Gateway and think we'll come back to mission another time. But you know, God has called us to be a community on mission or that his mission is worked out through local community. The DNA of Gateway really comes from the prophetic promises that God has placed over us as a community of followers of Jesus. And one of the words that hopefully you'll remember from our Super Sending Sunday was this. It's simply that we are to be a church that build locally and think internationally. That's actually true of the church of Jesus Christ. But right, as, right from the start of when Gateway was planted... 25 years ago, that was spoken prophetically as a DNA. Remember, you're to be these things. Build locally, but think internationally. Love one another, but remember the nations. Serve one another, but have a heart for the poor. And so we need to cling to these prophetic promises, or else what we could find is that we begin to build great community where we love one another, but that our hearts are quite narrow, and we become interested solely in our own needs. Actually, community... If that becomes king in our thinking, can actually kill the purposes of God that he has got for us and he has called us to be in this earth. 
And so this morning, what I want to do just for a few moments is to call us to have an expanded heart. That as we think about community, we we don't just think of us here in this room right now and maybe the guys over in the east, but that we have a heart for neighbours and nations as we think community. That God would expand out within us a bigger sense of community. So what I want you to go away with this morning is simply this, that your community is bigger, it's broader, and it's better than you realise. It's really important that we understand what God is doing with us as his church at any given time. It's important we understand how God is changing us, rewiring us, helping us to change our thinking, how he's repositioning us. It's not just that we go through these things, but we actually seek to understand what is it that God is doing with us. Because when we understand what God is doing, then we can can lean into it. It's not just happening to us, but we're partners with God in what he's doing to us. And you know, I believe that God is doing some rewiring within us in these days. In ways probably that we haven't talked about for a long time, but in ways that God is increasingly laying on my heart an excitement about the future of us as a church. It's incredible, isn't it, that as you look around, we're a church full of different nations and languages and colours and ethnicities. Different people groups gathered together to glorify God and celebrate him This one new man in Christ. We're gathered together from many into one, into Christ's body. And do you know there's no other place on earth that you can see people gathering together, loving God and loving one another, displaying God's glory. God's solely given that to the church. You see groups of people gathered together for different purposes, but it's only in the church that you see the purposes of God on display. And this is for the glory of God. And it's amazing. I love it. And we should love it. It should thrill us. And if it doesn't, you're going to struggle with heaven. Because this, this morning, is a taste of heaven. Really? Yes, really. Every tribe, tongue, language, ethnicity, young, old, different colours, gathering together around the throne of God, worshipping him, declaring his goodness. It's a foretaste of heaven that we're here for this morning. It's not just it happens to be in your diary what you do on a Sunday morning. We're gathering as a sign and a wonder. And increasingly, I believe that God wants to help shift us in our thinking from being a group of people that gather together, yes, from different cultures and backgrounds, to a group of people that gather together and begin to share stories of the purposes of God, of how he's taken hold of our life and expanded our hearts for others, how he's taken hold of our life, our sphere of influence that he's given to us, And how he's breathed life into that. And suddenly in my sphere of influence, whatever that may be, big, small, hidden, public, important in the eyes of the world or less important in the eyes of the world, I believe God wants to bring us into days where we're going to begin to share stories of God's kingdom at work amongst us. We've got to go for this. So what does it look like for a church to to have a passion for local community? To be a community where we really do truly love one another and serve one another, prefer one another, encourage one another, but yet have a capacity for the nations, for the purposes of God, for not just here, our neighbours, but out into the nations, for those who God has called us to partner with in the gospel. And I believe that increasingly in the days ahead, God wants to talk to us about being an apostolic people. We're not just a church seeking to build here, isolated, doing our own thing. But we are an apostolic people. And by that, I simply mean this. 
a people who have been sent on God's mission for his glory and who are backed by heaven's resources to accomplish his mission. That's simply really what an apostolic people is, a people who understand that we're not just here for ourselves. We're not just here to increase in number in Swindon, but we are on mission out into the nations of the world, to the ends of the earth, to make Jesus, Jesus, who's Jesus? Jesus famous in our lives, in our community, in your sphere of influence, and yes, out to the nations of the world. Isn't it incredible that we have a relationship with the Heavenly Father, and yet he sent us. He sent us. He said, I love you. Come and have this relationship with me. But I'm sending you. Church, I am sending you. Believer, follower of Jesus, you are sent on this kingdom mission as an ambassador of Christ Jesus. Extending his kingdom out into your sphere of influence. I think we've got to get this in us in the coming weeks and months and years. That this excites us. And he's not left us alone to do this apostolic people thing. He's empowered us by his Holy Spirit. So for a moment, I just want to look at the um, Bible and just to, just to dig in very quickly. What does it look like for a local church to be an apostolic people? Because it can be one of those words that we get slightly fearful of, apostolic or apostle, if we're not careful. We can build it up in our mind and we think of Lights, names in big lights, broadened across a a church saying, Apostle so-and-so, so-and-so is here, bringing in the kingdom of God. And by the way, Jesus is here in small letters at the end. And we can get a bit fearful. But in the Bible, it's interesting, the Apostle Paul, he, in his letter to the Corinthians, he's arguing for his apostleship. He's working out with the Corinthian church. He's saying, hey, I'm an apostle to you. And particularly 2 Corinthians, is a bit like a litmus test for what does it look like for apostles in the local church, for an apostolic people to be on this mission in the local church. And so this was a church that Paul had planted some years before, and he's been in correspondence with the Corinthian church, and he's found that in his absence, when he's left them, there have been people who have, who have begun to rise up in the church, people of influence, people of power in the church, some leaders probably amongst the church who have said, hey, Paul is this guy and, and we're not sure, so sure he's actually an apostle. He seems to suffer a lot. And surely if the spirit of God was with him, he wouldn't be suffering because, hey, he's a mighty man of God. And so we're not quite sure he's credible as an apostle or not so much in the way that he claims to be. And not only that, he's not that impressive a guy. He stumbles over his words. He's just a bit small and a bit fragile and and look, he's, he should be a mighty man of God, full of, the, full of the Spirit. And when people see him, they go, wow, there's a man of God. And in Paul's absence, these people who've claimed to be new apostles in the church have begun to erode the Corinthian church's confidence in Paul's gift. And so in this letter to Corinthians, he's, about, he's arguing with the local church again. He's saying with the church in Corinth, and he's saying, no, I'm an apostle. I'm validated by Jesus Christ, and I'm validated by you. And so this is Paul's logic of how they can know that he is an apostle. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Paul says this, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? Hey, we're about this ministry. And are we, make, are we saying in blazing big letters over your church building, Church of the Apostle Paul? 
Or, look, I come with a letter of um, accreditation to, to qualify my standing as an apostle to you. Or, thank you very much, you've written a letter to, to qualify me, just to assure everybody that I really am an apostle. He says, no, you yourselves, church at Corinth, you are a letter of recommendation. Written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us. You're not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. This is amazing. This is really quite remarkable. Paul says, hey, the qualification of my apostleship isn't in the things that these guys say. Look, there's a man full of the spirit, mighty in power indeed, impressive in stature and speech and working miracles and all of these other things. It's not because I've got recommendation and, and, and famous influential people have said, oh yeah, we validate that he's an apostle. It's because of you, the church. Because of who you are. Because you're a church who is maturing in faith and growing in maturity of love for one another, love for God, and love for the purposes of God in your generation. Paul says, hey, how do I know and how do you know that I'm an apostle? Because of you. You're the letter. Not written with ink, but written on our hearts. Not tablets of stone, these these massive things that you have to try and lug around and kind of go, look, boom apostolic people no 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 written on your heart by the spirit this is the church he's speaking to and he says you are our qualification because you're a people growing in faith and maturity because you're wrestling these things through and at this point paul is saying to the church take confidence not in my stature not in my ability to speak not in not in my um not in my health or those kinds of kinds of things not the fact that i've been suffering that shouldn't knock confidence it's because you are a growing people because you've taken hold of this body of truth this apostolic doctrine that he's given to the church and they've taken it to heart and begun to build it and build their community around it he goes on to say in 2 corinthians chapter 10 our hope is this That as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach this gospel in regions beyond you. So as this church is maturing in faith, Paul says, I have a hope about this. I have an expectation and aim that your faith begins to grow. Maturing in life, maturing in community, maturing in love and intimacy with God. Going deep in the things of God and your faith growing as a result. Hey, how how do you know a church is on mission and doing well and thriving? It's not because we like each other. Not primarily, though that's important. But it's because faith is growing. A demonstration that God is amongst us. And Paul says, as your faith grows... As your heart gets expanded for the things of God, believing God of what his purposes are in our generation, he says it causes, there's a a result of that. That world mission, evangelization of the nations, reaching unreached people group with this gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus loves them, it springs from local churches that are living life on this apostolic mission, that are growing in faith. So churches that are struggling in faith, churches that don't have room in their heart for anybody else other than their local community, actually are going to be ineffective at the bigger purposes of God of seeing his kingdom come. 
Paul's saying there's literally a link that takes place. As you understand what it is to be an apostolic people, caught up on mission, the purposes of God. Not just leaders, not just the lucky few who get to be sent here or there, but you, believer, the church. As you get hold of this in your life, in your sphere of influence, allowing God to expand your heart that the kingdom can come where you are. Having faith also for others beyond our local community. Paul says there's direct correlation to reaching unreached people groups with the good news of Jesus. This is amazing, isn't it? I wonder if God's got to do some surgery on us as a church to, to knock some bits away that are keeping us locked down in our thinking. We're, we're in danger of being small-minded, thinking we're doing well here, but God said, but I've got more for you. There's bigger fields. There's a bigger purpose. And I wonder that God is moving us simply, simply from being a group of people who are called out from the world, different people, different cultures, different backgrounds, gathering together here in the Trinity Centre on a Sunday morning. Far from just being a group of people called out, God is calling us increasingly to be a kingdom people who are sent on mission. Priests to the world, if you like. The church... Um, the, the word for that in the Bible is ecclesia. And it literally means that we are called out ones. We've been called out from the world for a purpose. I wonder what we've done in the past. The way we've built church is a bit like this. We thought, right, this is what church needs. Church needs to be well-structured, well-organized. People need to be kept in line. Everything else that needs to be done. We need to make sure there's enough people to fill the rotors, enough comfy chairs. We need to make sure the building's clean. And we've begun to build our, the, our church understanding around making sure we're caring for one another. We're called out from the world just to care for our own needs. Hey, that's quite easy to do. Anybody can do that kind of thing. Say, yep, I'm going to look after my own. And I wonder what God wants to do is, is to turn that thinking in our mind from saying, hey, you've been called out, great, absolutely care for one another. Build a local community full of love and life in the spirit that when people come in, they say, wow, God is amongst you. But turn it from just thinking, right, we're here as priests to one another, to we are now a kingdom of priests out serving the world. A world that is hurting, a world that is lost, a world that is dying. This is who we have been called to be. We've built our thinking church around just the activity of the church. I believe that God wants to expand our heart in these days. Jesus, when he took that word ecclesia in the Bible, he, he nicked it from culture, basically. From his day, he nicked this word ecclesia. And it was a word that was used of um, officials and, and rulers in the Roman world. And they were the ecclesia. They were the ones that had been called out from the world and from amongst the people, by the people, to then govern over the people, the affairs of Rome. And it's interesting. I think Jesus didn't just say, or oh, that word kind of suits. He was far too intentional for that. He said, no, you, church, are the ecclesia. You're the called out ones. Not just then to gather together in a nice holy huddle, but to go and be ministers of this kingdom. To go and rule and govern and bring the kingdom of God into your workplace. Into your sphere of influence. Into the regions beyond. Into the nations that are your neighbours that you might not like that much. God says this is what it means to be the called out ones. Is that you're called out to govern, to bring the kingdom of God into your world. Oh my goodness, half an hour goes very quickly. So, what am I saying this for? I'm saying this because in the days ahead... We're going to increasingly 
begin to hear these, a new kind of language amongst us. I think we've been weak in our understanding that we are a people on apostolic mission in this last season. I, I take full responsibility for that. I think it's been an area of weakness for us. That we haven't talked enough about, hey, we are a people on mission. We're going to begin to use words a lot more like apostle, pastor, teacher, prophet, and evangelist. Words like apostolic wineskin, that we're going to shape ourselves, not just for us here, but for this bigger purpose of God. That we are a church, are growing in maturity, growing in faith, that the gospel can spring out from within us. Thank you, Motti. Personally, over the last couple of years, I feel like I've gone on a big journey with this myself. And this last year in particular, I really feel like this is something that God has put back on my radar. So we are part of a larger family of churches called Regions Beyond. And for us, this is where we work out our apostolic partnership. We're not just trying to do this thing on our own. God has never called us to be isolated as a people. He said, you need to run with others who I've placed you in partnership with. And over this last couple of years, three years or so, I've been really wrestling in my heart, okay, how does this work? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person who can go into a setting and I find it very easy, particularly a church or a church community or or a bigger church context, a wider family of churches, and I can find it very easy to go, oh, there's a fault. Oh, there's a bit of grit in the gears of that thing there. Oh, no, I don't like how they do this. Hey, I can do that just as easy as the next person. And I found that over these last couple of years, I found it hard to get traction with regions beyond personally. And I realized for us as a church, that's meant that we've had a slippage in our relationship, in the way we talk and and envision, envision ourselves with this wider family of church that God has placed us within. And so I was stuck for a while and I was praying early last year about it. And I realized that, that we need to be connected purposefully in apostolic relationships somewhere. And so I was saying, God, I really need you to give me clarity on this. I need you to help us take ground and move on. I don't want to be that person that just stays stuck in neutral. Kind of going, oh, look, a problem. Oh, look, a problem. Oh, I don't like how they do that. Oh, anybody can do that. And so I was praying and I felt God speak to me very clearly around March time last year saying, what have I called you to be? Gateway. What have I called Gateway to be? What kind of church are you to be? And so I'm like, oh, that's simple. You've called us to build locally and think internationally. And then I felt like God just said, and where does that work itself out most effectively for you? Who are the people who will run alongside that, that will help you be what I've called you to be, and that you can play your part helping them be who I have called them to be? And I was processing this for a while, and as I was thinking about it, I realized that what's happened is that when I took on leading the team here three years ago, I inherited a whole load of stuff from Mark and from Nigel that they had led into when they were leading previously. For one, I inherited you lot. I love you. But I realized that around this area of apostolic partnership, being an apostolic people, I inherited a relationship with Regions Beyond and with Steve Oliver, who leads Regions Beyond, that I hadn't actually asked for. Although I was happy to go along with it before, I hadn't really given it much thought of, do I have personal relationship and faith with these guys? And so this is Steve and Heather. Oliver, and they lead our family of churches. They're originally from South Africa. They're now based in London for a season, helping our churches. And I realized that I got to a point where I hadn't made a decision to say, God, I'm about what you're doing with us. I've I've got faith for these things. 
I am a firm believer that the way we get unlocked in life is making a decision into the purposes of God. Not just trying to drift in. If you try and drift into what God's doing, you'll always be able to point out the grit and the slippage and the things that are broken. And so I realized, actually, it became quite a simple decision of just saying, okay, this is what God's called us to be. This is where it works itself out. Now, God, go to work on my heart. Help me get faith for it. Whilst we were away in India last week, there was a verse that came up that I've probably read countless times before, but it's never really struck me. And I felt God just grab my attention afresh. And I believe it's for us as a community. And it's simply this. In Psalm 119, the psalmist says this. I will run the way of your commandments, Lord, when you expand my heart. And I believe that sums up what God's done over this last season. Is that he's expanded my heart to have faith. Not just for us, Gateway, what he's doing here. But for our family of churches, regions beyond. And so just before the summer, I had a a time with Steve Oliver, and we were just sharing, I was just sharing honestly where I was at with things. And I went away from that, and I realized, I just need to make a decision. And so a little while later, a week or so later after meeting Steve, I phoned him up and I said, Steve, I want you to know, we're for you. I'm for you. We're four regions beyond. We're going to play our part. We're going to do everything we can to help this family of churches succeed and be fruitful in the days ahead. So that's where we're going. It's going to mean that we're going to be, in the days ahead, sharing a lot more stories of what God is doing right across the world, our family of churches. In the UK, there's around 25 or so churches spread out across the UK. We gather together as leaders at different points. It's exciting what God's doing. And it means that we're not running on our own. It's so important. And so we gather together in different ways at different times. What is wrong with our projector? And that's exciting to be partnered with that. But not only are we just a UK-centric thing, we are spread out across the nations of the world. And God is doing some incredible things, opening up some amazing doors of influence and opportunity for our family of churches. And we are spread right across the world already and growing rapidly. People looking in from different nations saying, can we partner with you? America, Brazil, into the Far East, the Philippines... Young churches looking in saying, this is what we want to be a part of. Into the Middle East, into nations in the Middle East that are locked up to the gospel. Literally, there are couples who are moving to the Middle East to to unreached people groups, unreached nations with the gospel, placing themselves there through work and business to say, we're going to be here. We're going to see the kingdom of God come in this place. It's incredibly exciting, this family of churches. And I really believe that in this next season, we're going to get caught up. Our heart is going to be expanded. And we're going to find ourselves being drawn into this mission. As we welcome gifts, as we welcome Steve and others to begin to speak into our life as a church. To help shape us, pull us into not just Swindon, not just Gateway, but regions beyond. Unreached people groups. It means that every single one of us is going to begin to find ourselves thinking and being pulled into apostolic mission. And you might say, it's just, it's just leader speak. It doesn't really mean anything. No, it absolutely means something. It means that we begin to think of ourselves, each one of us, as a kingdom priest. Wherever we are, whatever our sphere of influence is, we're growing in maturity and faith and expectancy of seeing God's kingdom come where we are. And actually, that is most effective when we have that apostolic pull on us to say, don't just settle for who you are, but have an expanded heart. So just very quickly... 
That means there's loads of opportunities. In Steve Oliver's world, he is always creating opportunities to go and be exposed to a bigger picture of the church, of the kingdom outworking itself on display across the nations of the world. And so there's always opportunities to go and and get a taste of what this looks like outside of our context. But just a couple of things I want to um, flag up for you. In March, you've hopefully seen it in the magazine, there's an um, an event here happening over a couple of days where all of the UK leaders are gathering together to pray, to worship, to, to encourage one another. And on one of those evenings, it's an open evening for everybody here to attend, to get caught up, to be exposed to it, to hear the story, to have our heart pulled towards it. I want to ask you, would, will you make nothing else as important on that evening as being there? Bring kids if you have to bring kids. We need our hearts exposed to this. The dates are out there's the hub happening in Dubai where, where people from right across the nations of the world this November are going to gather together to worship God, to celebrate, to get inspired. If you are around in the end of November and you fancy a trip to Dubai, go there, be there. I tell you what, you will see the church in a way that you have never seen it on display with so many nations worshipping Jesus, praying for unreached people groups. If you can be there, get there. We've got more information on that. It means stuff like this. If you are in your 20s and 30s, there is an event called Transform happening at the beginning of June. And this is specifically for you to get envisioned with apostolic mission, to be able to ask and answer, what's the purpose of my life? What is God doing with my life? Not how do I just settle into middle age nicely, thank you very much. But that there will be a pull on your life to say, come on, give your life for the purposes of God in your generation. If you are in your 20s or 30s or think you can smuggle yourself into that somehow, go for it. Be there. Donna, Donna was there last year and she said it was probably the best conference gathering. Did you say that? That you've ever been to? That it was the most significant gathering. Please go. If you want to know more, talk to Al or myself or Nigel about that. We'd happily fill you in more. We've got flies as well for you to get hold of. It means what we're going to find ourselves doing is increasingly on Sundays and in prayer meetings, different contexts, sharing stories of people from across our family of churches, making space in our heart, in our times together, to remember that we are on mission together with others that are running. Your community is bigger, broader and better than you think you are. It's not just us, thank God. It's others also. So when I'm in India with Donna, Donna's a bit of a star across the regions beyond, by the way. You do, I don't think you realize quite who we have in our midst. Um, an incredible gift that God is really helping us get traction for the days ahead. Anyway, so we're in India in this conference or in this gathering and everybody is coming up to Donna saying, hey, how are you doing? How's your health? We've been praying for you. We've been standing with you in prayer. We're so glad that God has answered prayers. We've stood with you. And people who've never met Donna before are praying for her. And they know the story. They know what's going on. And I was just, I was, every person that came up, nobody wants to talk to me. Everybody wants to talk to Donna. And they're all saying, wow, well, this is amazing what God's done. And by the way, how's Burundi? What's happening? What about the milk business, the land? And people are caught up in this story, this bigger story. Hey, these churches are way down the line from us. But I love seeing their heart of compassion, their expanded heart say, we're not just doing our own thing. We're caught up in this bigger adventure. We're caught up in this bigger thing. And so as people walked up, I'm like, here's Donna. Here's Donna. And Simon Turner, when we got picked up at the airport in Mumbai, one of Simon Turner's friends, um, he introduced us to this guy, Errol. And 
And Simon said to him, Errol, this is Colin. He's like, hi, nice to meet you. And this is Donna. He said, hi, nice to meet you. Simon said, no, no, no. This is the Donna. <laughs> and Errol said, da Donna? Wow! And, and you know God is so good at just making you feel small sometimes. But this is what it means is that we have hearts where we love one another. Where we pull one another on in life and godliness. We're not just concerned about our own interests. But we're here for the nations of the world. And that's what healthy community really looks like. It's not seeking our own needs, but preferring one another. I could tell you a whole load of stories, and and hopefully at some point I get to share some other stories. Just to say, as I go to the East, I'd love you to pray for Pam and Colin Nichols. Um, they They came and shared with us about 18 months ago. Their plan to move to Bloemfontein, South Africa, establish a church there. They've gone, they went about a year ago. They've had a year of establishing themselves, building community, making relationships. And they've just um, got going as a local church. They're about to um, launch properly on the 5th of March. And they have given us a short welcome video. I would love in a moment um, for us to stand and to pray for them. It's been a tough year. It's been a year of lesson learning. Their eldest son, Finn, he was a couple of months ago mugged at knife point. And he's a young guy who's gone with his parents on this mission. And this should concern us. We should be praying for these guys, for their success, standing with them. And so we're going to do this kind of thing a whole load more. There's so many stories from across the nations that I would love you to hear and to be caught up with. That God would expand our heart for this apostolic mission in the days ahead. So, Morris, can you play the video? And then can the band come up and just lead us in a time of worship? Hello, Swindon. Nice to see you all. Hello. Uh, This is the Nichols family, or... Two of us, anyway. Um, just giving Three. you a quick update. Oh, yeah, and little Rex. We're just giving you a quick update from South Africa. Say, so we've been here now for uh, a year. I think we were with you about 18 months ago, just telling you about our trip. And uh, so, yeah, we're here now and uh, just trying to settle ourselves in. Pam? Uh, well, we've been, here. we've been here for a year. And we've met some lovely, lovely people. Um, it's nowhere near as bad as everyone said in Bloemfontein. We've met the nicest people, haven't we? Yeah, had a lot lovely. of fun. Yeah. Um, but in terms of church, we just kind of met in our house for a year and worshipped Jesus and settled the family in and stuff. And then last week, we finally opened our doors to the public at a school we found. Yay, so... Join the City Church was launched publicly last week. Praise the Lord! If you want to um, see some of the video of our very first meeting, then have a look on Facebook, Joy in the City, or J-I-T-C Bloom, I think it might be. Bloom is B-L-O-E-M. Okay. So, yeah, great start. We uh, had a lovely group. There's about 50 of us for our first meeting, which we were really excited about, um, including... Um, one young man called Andrew who looked very uncomfy as he uh, watched everyone dancing around and uh, we were thinking, oh poor guy, what's he thinking? And uh, at the end of the meeting comes forward in tears, wants to give his life to Jesus and uh, yeah, was completely overwhelmed by the presence of God. So mm. we were so grateful that that was our baptism of uh, of a church reaching out to the city and uh, for the first week seeing someone born again. So we were really encouraged by that. Please do keep praying for us. Mm. Um, we do appreciate that. We 
do need workers. We're really looking to build a, a, a church that's going to impact this city. So we need strong, healthy leaders with us mm. from all the different cultures that are represented in the city and pray for finance for us as a little church plant, trying to make an impact here. So we we really appreciate those kind of prayers. And if you've got any people you'd like to send out to <laughs> us, Colin, uh, you know where we are. Nobody weird, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, we'll hopefully, we'll see some of you soon. God bless. Bye.